You are listening to the Power and Pros podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You are tuned in into another episode of the Power and Pros podcast how y'all feeling it's black history month hope y'all are feeling good and treating yourselves and being well in the midst of this pandemic that we are still in um and that even though the year has kicked off everybody's kind of in a swing and a groove that you're continuing to harness your power i think that for me being transparent with y'all there was a moment when i was ready to throw in the towel i'm like i don't get it things have been stressing me out and there is power in the pivot. And I think that when we start to think that we're too deep in the pit and that we can't turn things around, you lose your power. You don't just lose it. You willingly give it away. And I think that is the worst thing because you have nobody to blame. It's not a circumstance that you can get yourself out of. It's just your own head and your lack of will. And so I wanted to kind of just share with y'all my battle, I guess, with anxiety, where I've been with that, where I currently am sitting with it and how I'm trying to move forward in the days to come. So that is what we're going to be talking about on this episode. So stay tuned. But first, we're going to get into the power punch of the week. Shame, shame, shame. I don't want to live in my black skin no more, more, more. There's a risk they may shoot me to the floor, floor, floor. Name won't go up on the news. My mama's singing the blues. I don't want to live in my black skin no more, more, more. Kids ain't never been kids. Adults say they wish they were kids again, but the hand game spreading the same rhetoric as the hood gangs. Policemen got the fangs. Ones that know just when to bite. Ones that make you lose your fight. Once I heard mama talking at the dinner table. She saw me playing with my doll, but I was listening. Listening to her talk about how another black boy was being laid to rest. And the burden of being a strong black woman in the middle of a crisis seems a bit too heavy for my chest. So I don't want to live in my back skin no more, more, more. Ain't safe when I walk down the street, going to the store, store, store. One day I was with Tamika. Now nobody has seen her. I can't stand this place. No, it's my race. Can't fight no more, more, more. Y'all, I wrote this poem in November And I truly was just over it. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, there's just so much, unfortunately, how I started it off, shame. And I started to think about, um, there's a lot of conversation around kids. And then even as black men in this country get shot, what's the line? When articles describe a 14-year-old as a young man, he's a kid, he's a child. He can't suffice um, for himself. He can't provide for himself. And so I just had all these thoughts of like, when do you become an adult as a black person? When do you become an adult? What what things start to shape your childhood that you that go with you? And I thought about hand games and dolls and hide and go seek and just all these things that you enjoy or that you miss. And I actually was writing um, a writing prompt and in the prompt, it was calling you to go back to your childhood a little bit and to sit in that 
and to not really beat yourself up if there are some things that you still want to enjoy if you follow me on instagram then you know there are some times when i have to color and i color because it calms me down it's not really something i have to race to finish i can change my mind on something midway if i decide i don't want to finish the page at all and i go to a new one and start that there's no penalty for it and i need things like that to kind of ground me or to restart my day, my train of thoughts and things like that. And so it was kind of calling you to embrace those moments. And in November, we were dealing with voting, the election, all these things were happening. And I had this prompt in front of me. And so I'm thinking about childhood and what that means and how I want to reclaim that, which is why I have the line in the piece, adults say that they wish they were kids again. But the hand games spread the same rhetoric as the hood gangs in that hand game i don't want to go to mexico no more 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 there's a big fat policeman at my door 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 i said that and i was like oh my god we were saying that like six like you're little and you're playing this hand game i used to play with my little sister and i don't even understand what that means in it today 26 years old i recall that back and it's like we deporting folks like that is like that is what that's about you know what I'm saying and it's just that there are so many um different things that sit with us so many things that are taught to us um I mentioned in the piece how my mom saw me playing with my dog but I was listening there are so many things that you pick up as a child that stick with you and you don't even realize that they stick with you but they do and they also shape how we see things as an adult and so me writing this piece as I talk about ain't safe when I walk down the street going to the store that more so speaks to how I feel as an adult when I was a child I didn't go to places alone I didn't live in New York City and so I had a bit more protections around me a bit more parameters on how far away from my mom I could be and so that major fear I didn't feel that as strongly as I feel it now but connecting it back the shame and the fear that I feel is kind of childlike in nature. It's this it's this uncertainty on what the future is going to look like. And I think that in this country and where we are right now, there is that uncertainty. And I believe that not only do black people feel that uncertainty, but now you're starting to get the entire globe feeling that when you think about coronavirus when you think about the different laws and policies that are in place that are just really disproportionately hitting certain communities it's bringing uncertainty everywhere and so while this piece doesn't directly hit on each piece of political news that is happening it being written in the same scheme as a children's hand game kind of ties back to that prompt that I read in November and how there are some things that stick with you. And when I was answering that prompt, this hand game stuck with me, even the fact that I played hand games and we don't do that anymore. You don't just sit even as intimately close as you have to, to play those games. You don't even, you can't even sit with people that close now. And so thinking about where I was before, things that I enjoyed before, the ease of life before, and then how I don't have that now and writing it in this scheme and kind of speaking to how you don't always feel this way as a kid either, right? There are certain instances that happen that cause you to feel shame 
for being black, even as you're young, little girls not feeling empowered to wear their hair, how their mom styles them, or being made fun of because you're darker than other people in your class. For me, I got made fun of for being darker sometimes, um, and then also for being tall, because I was taller than some of the boys in my class. That was weird. And there are just certain things that can make you lose your fight. And I speak about that. And I speak specifically about policemen. So I say, policemen got the fangs, ones that know just when to bite, ones that make you lose your fight. And if you stay tuned into the news, I believe that that's still happening today. Even if you don't have a direct encounter with an officer, uh, appointed person of the law, there are still certain things that are happening in our sphere of our worlds today that are causing us to lose our fight. And I really hope that this episode kind of jolts us out of that. There is power in a pivot. We can feel the emotions we feel. We can decide we don't want to use our voice at all. Like I can't do it today. I don't got the space or the capacity to encourage y'all. I don't have it to encourage myself, but I think we can honor those moments and then still decide that a pivot can happen. And it is a decision. Trust me. It won't just happen. But when we plug into that decision, when we take that decision for what it is and actually make the move towards pivoting from where we are, it can really be monumental breaking chains off of you and those around you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. My first memorable experience with anxiety was in 2018. I was at an advertising conference in LA and I was living my life. I met all these dope people. There was a class of 40 of us who were able to go to this conference. All expenses paid. We're staying in downtown LA. We're getting food catered. Drinks were ordered for us. Um, We were able to go to all these different agencies and places and do all these cool things. The job that I'm working at now, I met the recruiter at the conference and it was for black people. It was for us. You know what I'm saying? And it was just truly, truly, truly amazing to see peers and people that could be my mentors alike all in the same space, celebrating an industry that I love and care for. And they all looked like me. They all cared about the same communities I cared about. They all were giving back in their own unique ways. And it was just so amazing. And it was great to have support for the things that I wanted to do and be able to speak about them in a way that was accepted and so while I'm there having a great time connecting with people that are still my friends to this day what's up fam if you're listening um I had this huge prezzo that we had to give they kind of gave us a brief we only had one day to work on it and like answer the question or how we would solve this problem and then we had to present it in front of like 250 people and every person only had so much talking points that they could give you only had so much time to present I think it was like 10 minutes for each group there was like eight people in my group I wasn't gonna be talking much but once we started to have our time wind down We were practicing our lines, getting ready to go in the room and prep to go on stage. I started to experience anxiety. And I want to say I've had anxiety um, 
slightly before track meets and especially basketball games. I was not good in basketball. I only played one year. But track meets before every race, I would have this this shaking and these thoughts of, okay, how am I going to do? Am I going to make my team proud? My mom is watching and X, Y, Z. But I ran track for years. I started running track when I was eight. And so even though I still felt those feelings in high school, I kind of knew the end result. If I had a bad race, I knew how that was going to be. If I had a great race, I knew how that was going to be. I practiced every day. And so it built up tenacity for me to withstand the tough parts of the race that I was going to endure. For this, at this advertising conference, I had experienced nothing like this and it was beyond strictly just feelings of anxiety and I had an actual anxiety attack I could not breathe as well I started crying hysterically and it was just really really a moment of embarrassment for me there were people around me in my group that were trying to support me which I'm so 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 thankful that I had support during this time but each group had a group of mentors so I had a mentor that worked at Beats that was in our group and then another guy that worked at an advertising agency as well and I'm young y'all like I'm trying to get a new job and do some things and I'm in here having a panic attack in front of these people and crying and they're trying to give me a pep talk and you can do this and xyz and your team's gonna be up there with you they're asking if they want me to like shorten my line so i don't have to talk as much on stage and i was so consumed with cleaning it up that i wasn't using practical tips to move beyond where i was at it was so hard for me to see past the moment i just kept taking in that people are walking by and they're watching me i'm taking in if i go into the bathroom and cry it out there. I'm still going to have to walk out of the bathroom. And how is that going to be? Who's going to follow me? Who's not going to follow me? I'm thinking about all of these things that are further inducing the anxiety attack that I was experiencing. And I believe that there will be moments when we have to use our voice, be it at a conference, on a call with your friend, on a Zoom conference line. And we will find that anxiety is meeting us there instead of the confidence presence that you know you're capable of and that's how it was for me and it's at that time that you must recognize that you can pivot that that's an ability that you even have and you're gonna have to work at it but you have to first know that it's even an ability that you have access to and in that moment at that conference that wasn't even a possibility for me at that moment I was like okay this is what we're doing you we are freaking out and even after I began to breathe regularly and even after I stopped crying we went into the room we had shortened what I was going to say I still was shaking I still was tapping my leg my team is talking everybody's laughing I had a friend that was sitting by me she's like rubbing my leg and I just was like I'm not okay and now I'm thinking about how everybody's going to be nervous for me going on stage. Am I going to freak out up there? I was thinking about all these things again, not recognizing this is my chance to pivot. This is my moment. And it's still my chance for me to use my voice. I still have things to say. I still contributed to the group. And I wasn't allowing myself to sit in that. Instead, I was still in the lobby having an anxiety attack in my head that's where I was the future wasn't an option for me I was sitting in that past moment and I was replaying it over and over and and honestly still kind of experiencing it 
Maybe you've experienced anxiety before and the last time didn't go well, like at my conference. I can relate, I'm telling you. But I know that we don't have to let the past determine the outcome of our today. Every day you're stretching, expanding, and growing. You're learning new things. You're reading new stuff. There's new Twitter threads and insights, YouTube videos, podcasts we listen to, Netflix shows. I watch documentaries. I'm always gaining something. And all of these things, this various stimulus that we engage with every day, knowingly and unknowingly, implore our path of progression. Each and every day, we are progressing and stretching, whether we feel it or not. And I think that we only recognize those big stretch moments, the moments that hurt, the moments that make us cry, the moments when we don't feel heard, the moments when we want to run and hide, we feel embarrassed. We only recognize those moments when actually we are growing and stretching and learning each and every moment of each and every day. We can't even help it. It's how our brains are wired. And that progression is for our benefit because it allows us to gain new tactics on how to move forward, whether we're happy or if we are experiencing anxiety at any given time. The key is to notice that you have the tools you need to pivot. And since my conference, I've had limited panic attacks, but I have seen anxiety pop up in moments of stress or situations that I feel like are super important. And honestly, over the past year, I feel like I've experienced that even more. I wanted to share some tips of steps that I've been putting in place over the past few weeks to pivot in moments of anxiety. I don't think this is going to cover everything. As y'all know, this is desk talking as desk. I am not a licensed professional and I also have a therapist. So I just want to put that out there before I jump in. But I do think that there are some things that I'm putting in place that are really practical um, that I think could be of help to you guys. So the first is to acknowledge that I'm experiencing anxiety. At Ad Color, which is the name of the conference I was at, I was trying to act like I was okay. I was trying to save face in front of people. I didn't want nobody to think I couldn't say my part. I didn't want people to think that I couldn't handle the industry and what was being asked of me at the conference and all of this stuff. And so I was just like, I'm good. And it's like, sis, you, your nose is running, child. Like, you are everything but good. But I just, I didn't want to even say it. I didn't want to acknowledge it. I didn't run to the bathroom. So I actually sat on the floor and cried in front of everybody. And it was because me walking away from the situation acknowledged to me that I couldn't handle it. And it acknowledged to me that I needed help. And I honestly, I'm going to get to it in a later point, but help is okay. But we have to know what we even need help for. And I think that, We get a bit more clarity on that once we recognize where we are. We often try to suppress the severity of moments we aren't fond of in hopes that this behavior will usher in the next season. And this tactic is actually rooted in fantasy versus reality. If you suppress something, that's not the real thing. And it's actually going to pop up worse because you weren't able to sit with it as it was. And so when we aren't fond of situations, I think we have to acknowledge that. That's the very, 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 very first thing. And it states in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, that there's a time for everything, a time for everything. And actually, 
last week, I was beating myself up because I felt a little disappointed. I was a little down about how I was feeling and the fact that I was experiencing anxiety about something. I was like, well, I got the situation. I know what I need to do. I just don't want to do it. Or I'm worried about after I do it, what's going to happen. I was thinking about all these scenarios. And when I read Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, it says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. God calls us to not worry, y'all. And I feel like worry is mentioned because he knows there will be a time when we do it. So it's not a time to beat yourself up about it or to suppress it like it's not happening. It's happening. And you know it and God know it. And as soon as we acknowledge it, that is where we can find power in the pivot and casting your cares off of yourself and onto God. But if you don't recognize where you are, you can't call him to be there with you. So first thing, acknowledge that you're experiencing anxiety. Second thing is to breathe. I have been meditating and I can't believe it. I like it. I like it. Get into the deep breath in and deep breath out. It's been great. I don't think I understand. I have a meditation station playlist with a few sounds that help me out and still my mind and level my heart rate and some songs with no words that allow me to focus. So I have two different playlists. One is my meditation station and that's more of like, you know, your ambient sounds. I have this one track on there that is literally just rain. And I know that puts some people to sleep. But for me, one time when I was doing stuff for work and I was a little bit stressed out about what I was doing, I played that for an hour straight on a loop had this rain sound and I just felt calmer and so meditation station for this tactic I use that I could breathe and stuff with it if I need to and but I can also do activity if I need it in the background but for this one it's definitely used if I need to sit and do some deep breathing um and I don't have to do guided meditation with that when I'm using the I have a playlist called I have no words And it's songs mostly that have no words or I don't have any words physically to say. I don't want to sing along. I'm unsure of how I feel. So these songs are kind of neutral. And I think that helps because when you put your playlist straight up to your sad songs or your lovey-dovey songs or all these things, it starts to assign a feeling for you. And I think that when you're experiencing anxiety, it's really some uncertainty or your, your, trying to avoid something that you feel is inevitable. Like there are just some things that are happening. And so I try to avoid shuffle during those times if I'm going to put on some music to help me breathe because it kind of assigns a negative feeling, possibly, depending on what comes up, that I'm not, I don't need at the time. And so I have two destination playlists that I can go to that have songs on there to help me focus. Next under breathe, I also use an app called Abide. It's A-B-I-D-E. And it does have a lot of in-app. They want you to level up and pay. But for the free stuff, there are a couple of guided meditations on there that are rooted in scripture. So I like that. Um, Most of them are under five minutes. And it just gives you a beat. And I love the biblical principles that are attached to it because it just reminds me that what I'm going through is bigger than me. That there's somebody who's in charge that is more in charge than me in this situation. 
and that he's going to win each and every time. And that helps me to calm down as well. I'm sure you guys have heard of Headspace. That is another app that you can download with some guided meditations. And I recently saw that Headspace has about eight episodes, 20 minutes each on Netflix. That kind of explains what meditating is, how it can be helpful. And each episode ends with a guided meditation. So if you've never meditated before, if you're nervous about it or you think it's weird or whatever, I think that watching the Headspace docuseries on meditating on Netflix can be really, really, really good because it gives you kind of the basis on where it comes from. And you could do that before you download the app just to see how you feel. And it's on Netflix. Also, YouTube has some guided meditations. I also listen to like some Christian lo-fi music on YouTube and that could be played in the background as well. There's just a bunch of people who are doing some really, really cool things, of course, on YouTube. So you can always go there. The main thing here is to allow yourself space to breathe before you have to act. A lot of times we act like things are so time sensitive and that everything is rushed and has to be answered or changed right now and that's usually not the case what would be best is to allow time for you to breathe before you make a decision so you're making an informed decision you're bringing in people who can help you along the way and you can think critically it really 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 works against us when we rush to do things we aren't thinking as critically as we can we're worried about the wrong outcome and then when everything shakes out we don't have a result that we're proud of when we allow even two minutes to breathe, it can change everything. So do not allow yourself to say you don't have time to take the time. We can always make the time, always. It's in your best benefit and it's in the benefit of those around you as well. All right, so tip number one is to acknowledge that you're experiencing anxiety. Tip number two is to breathe. Tip number three, ground yourself in today. I've been finding that each day truly holds enough worries for me, child. And by outlining what I need to do daily, it helps me allow space to think for today's challenges and today's challenges only. And I also have been expressing more grace and gratitude, and it's easier to mark my progress on what I'm doing. And so before, I used to just write out things. If something came in my head, I would write it down. And then if I didn't have time to accomplish it that day, or it wasn't important enough, or things was blowing up at work, or what have you, then I didn't get to it. I would carry it to the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. Or it would just seem like too many things that need to get accomplished, right? And sometimes we feel anxiety because our base is off. If you try to base yourself in the moment you're experiencing instead of the week or the month or even looking at your yearly goals, I think that it really has an amazing benefit with how you attack each of the things that you set out to do. Outline the very next step. Instead of marking the number of times you want to work out this month or this week, outline the area or type of workout that you want to do today. Once you do that, that's the focus is today. And then we're going to handle tomorrow, tomorrow. So if we do legs today, that's the worry today is legs. You know what I'm saying? And then if you want to work out on arms tomorrow, we can decide that tomorrow. But maybe you do a leg workout and then after you sign off, you see that they have a part two. Then you are now open to do part two tomorrow. I've experienced that when I've already decided I'm going to do something the next day. And then the present day that I'm in presents a different option. And I felt anxiety around that. I'm like, wait, well, I was supposed to do arms tomorrow. It's like you can 
pivot. That's the beauty of it. And so outline the very next step and indulge yourself, ground yourself in that. Also indulge yourself in your surrounding. When I'm lighting a candle, changing where I work, if I'm in my room or the living room, setting my music to a mood that's kind of inviting and the mood that I want versus the mood that I have, that helps me is indulging in my surroundings and it kind of grounds me. It's like, okay, this music is playing right now in my living room and I'm smelling this scent in the room with me right now. And I had this for lunch today. Like it just really starts to, okay, we are here in this day, in this moment. And I don't have to think 20 steps ahead. This day, this moment is enough. And another thing with the surroundings that I've done is I have a Roku TV. If you have a Roku TV, then you know there are different channels or like little apps that you can download. So they have, you know, all the channels, CBS, all that. But they also have apps that you can download. And one app that I saw is called Bible Screen. And with that, it kind of animates different scriptures onto the screen. And it just kind of plays. Um, One day I had it on... Uh, it was on for like four hours and I just had it kind of playing while I was doing work. So I was doing work and listening to music. But if I ever had a moment where I started off in the space or I got an email that kind of threw me off, I always look up. And when I look up, I end up looking at my TV. Most of the time my TV is off when I work. But last week I had the Bible screen app on and the scripture that was up at the time that I looked up ended up helping me out. It was just like a nice little reminder during the day. And so I used to have an alarm that would go off and it would remind me to look at the verse of the day. But I think that sometimes we can tune out, especially if you've already seen the verse of the day in the morning, or if you're having your Bible time at night, then you're kind of like, that's not what I'm looking at right now. Like, you know what I mean? But as we ground ourselves in our surrounding, having that Bible screen up on your TV while you're in your space could be helpful as well. And it's just kind of a visual element too. And a reminder that today is today and that God's with you in today as well. So Tip number three, ground yourself in today. The fourth and final tip, invite others in. We like to think that we have to handle things alone and we don't. We just don't. And I understand that there are times when things feel like you can't share them with people, that people aren't going to understand where you're coming from or how to help you move forward. But I also think that too much isolation ain't a good thing. There are certain things and moments that we feel like we have to hold ourselves up. And that also contributes to our anxiety, to our feelings of inadequacy, to our feelings of thinking that our voice isn't powerful because we haven't let others come in. And so Phone a friend, child, call somebody, Google Google how to handle anxiety or the current thing that you're experiencing in that moment. Get specific with it. And if you don't want it to come up on your search history, you can hit a private browser, but search that thing. Watch a video on it. I've been watching things to help me out, like getting real with my YouTube search lately has been me getting real with me. It's going back to step number one, acknowledging exactly where I'm at. And with me doing that and getting specific with it, not just letting YouTube or Google suggest whatever, but me taking part on that process, I'm getting direct things back, things that are directly helping me and where I'm at and where I want to go. 
get a therapist if you don't have one openpathcollective.com is a great resource um there are also some resources on therapyforblackgirls.com that could really really help and then of course invite god in there are some times when our prayers are not as real as gangsta and as gutta as they could be sometimes you gotta go to god and be like look bruh i don't know what we doing but this ain't it and that's just period. I, there have been times in the past two weeks when my prayers, I was like, Eek! like, you know what I'm saying? But I had to get real. I had to come to God and say, hey, this is where I'm at right now. And I don't know where you at right now because this don't feel good. I don't like this. Where are the people that I thought were going to be here? Should I be sharing this with anybody? Okay, I shared this. I don't really like how that felt. Is that my pride talking? Like I had to have some real conversations with God and with myself in my journal time. Y'all know I've been journaling every day in February and child, it has been journey it's been great though I needed it and I feel good but there are definitely some days when I'm like dang and I wouldn't have said it you know what I'm saying so I think that the combo of the two inviting others in it really asks you to go deeper as well because you have to convey where you are and so running it from the top tip number one acknowledge that you're experiencing anxiety and that goes for anything acknowledging where you are if you're feeling sad if you're feeling lonely if you're feeling like you are sluggish and you need to be doing something a little bit different with your physical and mental health all of that acknowledgement of it is the first step to getting to ultimately where you want to be tip number two breathe tip number three ground yourself into day and tip number four, invite others in. Again, I have been experiencing anxiety over the past year and I've really been trying to pivot and feeling the power of the pivot, honestly, in the past two weeks. So I did want to come on here and share with y'all real raw and dirty where I'm at today. If you have any tips, hit your girl up because we all are in this together. And I, as I said it in the episode previously, am choosing to not fold. Like I won't fold, I won't let anxiety take over for me. I won't let what I think other people are gonna say about me make me change what I'm doing. I'm not gonna let how hard something is standing in front of me make me decide that I'm not gonna go after what I'm going after. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm feeling this feeling, but I still got this goal, then what do I got to do? And that is kind of what this episode was born out of, is me finding the power in the pivot. Because I didn't have some days in the past two weeks when I'm like, this sucks. And I mean that from the bottom of my soul. I don't like where I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so in the pivot, you truly find power. Not only for yourself, like I said, but for other people. It's truly the gift that keeps on giving. So the power tool for this week is to take each day one step at a time. Whether it's through reading, praying, engaging in a routine, honor all today has to bring you. One day at a time and see how it changes your mood, how you interact with people, how you interact with each task that you have to do each day. For me, it's really been helping. So I can't even write my to-do list. If it is not Tuesday, I can't write it down. I'm writing down stuff for Tuesday and I'll get to Wednesday when Wednesday gets here. And it's really, really, really been helping me. So that's the power tool. Take each day one step 
at a time. If you have any additional tips, things that have been helping you, if you've experienced anxiety, anxiety attacks, please, please, please hit your girl up at powerandpros at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you, connect with you, and even stand in agreement with each other because, listen, we pivoting in 2021, like not letting nothing take us out, point blank, and period. If you haven't already signed up for Pros and Praise Pages newsletter, be sure to sign up via the show notes because there I've been sharing kind of a little bit about my battles with anxiety and then also just different scriptures and things that have been helping me along the way so we'd love for you to stay up to date on that by subscribing in the show notes and then of course if you're loving the show and the pros and praise pages and you want to leave me a rating and review if you listen via apple podcast i would love that it truly 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 just helps to spread the message and get it out to other people so they can find their power and pros as well so i love y'all thanks for rocking with me remember to profess your power and there's power in pros bye